0: Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Richard White about the challenges of customer facing teams in a fully remote or hybrid environment. Richard White, welcome to the conversation today. Thanks, Sean. You're joining us from the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about the challenges of customer-facing teams in a fully remote or hybrid environment and what we might be able to do to mitigate those challenges and even turn those challenges into opportunities for our teams. As we get started, I wanted to share Richard's bio with everybody. Richard White is founder and CEO of Fathom.video, a free app that records, transcribes, and highlights your calls so you can focus on the conversation instead of taking notes. I think that's wonderful. I've tried a few of these different types of apps and services before to varying kind of reviews and outcomes. Um, So I'm thrilled to have a chance to talk with you more about really just the background behind that. Uh, as a tool, um, but also more broadly, like I said, to talk about these challenges that customer-facing teams are facing in the modern world of work. Richard, anything you would like to highlight by way of your background or personal context before we dive on it? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm originally kind
1: of a computer science grad slash programmer turned product designer turned, I guess, kind of go-to-market leader. My last company, I ran the marketing team as well as the sales team for a while. And that's where, yeah, I think a lot of what we're doing here at Fathom is the intersection of good design, apply to the challenges of people running, like I said, customer-facing teams. Uh, I don't think you have a lot of engineers running sales teams, uh, sometimes to good effect sometimes to bad effect uh, on my mm. part when I was doing that. But it was a real eye-opening experience and really led,
0: there was a lot of insights there that led to what we're doing here at Fathom. So why don't you talk just a little bit more about the kind of the origins of Fathom? Because uh, I'm always fascinated by that. Uh, and, and then we can get more into the broader topic. Sure. Yeah, it started, we started the
1: company three years ago, but really this fathom started about almost four years ago, actually right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I found myself working at my last startup, talking to a lot of customers. I was actually talking to tons of customers. I think I did like first six weeks of 2020, I think I did like 100 or 200 like Zoom calls with customers. I was doing research for a new product. And two things really stood out to me. Um, One was gosh, I really hate taking notes and talking to someone, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you're on the phone with them. You can't get them back on the phone. You got 20 minutes, you got 30 minutes. You're trying to learn as much as you can in that short period of time, but you're also trying to make sure you don't miss a thing they say, right? So you're like trying to sequence your questions and get to the root causes and stuff like that, early typing things out. And what I kind of found was two things. One is you know, I think I'm a pretty good note taker. You know, I would mm-hmm. be really diligent on the call. I'd block out 10 minutes after the call to clean up those notes and make them make sense. But two things yeah. I found. One was three weeks later, I would look at <laughs> some of my notes and be like, I don't remember who this was and like what we talked about and, all, <laughs> and important nuance. And, and probably the more frustrating part is, you know, the whole point of me talking to these people was to inform a strategy and present this back to the team. Hey, I talked to these people, here's what we've learned. And what I found was when, you know, you take a bunch of notes and synthesize them down to, you know, here's three bullet points or here's three takeaways, it lost a lot of the like human emotion that made mm-hmm. it credible and authentic. And I presented yeah. my team like, I had these huge insights. I talked to these 10 customers. Oh my gosh, we were in A, B, and C. And people were just like, okay, right? It was just like really <laughs> fell flat. And I was like, wait, what am I missing here? I These were amazing conversations. Uh, and so we actually did a quick little prototype where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to record these conversations, but instead of like sharing with you three hours of content, because no one wants to watch other people's calls. I'm just going to make my own like highlight reel, you know, like pull out 30 second vignettes from each call that I think are really impactful. I'm going to share that with the team instead at the next kind of like update. And I did that. And the, the response was so much different, right? Hmm. It was, people were leaning in, people were asking follow up questions. Like, you know, I, because it's just so much more credible than me just saying there's a few bullet points. And so that was really the start of this idea around Fathom, which is really anyone, I mean, there's been some tooling in the past for these kind of like call recording software, but they were always just really focused at like really high-end sales teams for the most part, Mm. or they're really focused on giving you a transcript. And I was gonna say like, I think you know, really anyone who's on video conferencing meetings has this challenge of taking notes, or if you're a manager, you're someone who's trying to understand the notes, right? when I ran my sales team two, three years ago, my biggest challenge was, you know, I was constantly trying to get the team to take good notes. Like, hey, this is too detailed. Hey, this is not detailed enough. But like my own notes, even the best notes, I go back and read them and I'd always be asked this question. Yeah, but what did that person actually say? How did that pricing discussion actually go? When they describe this problem that they're facing, like, what's the nuance of what they said? And so I think we saw from multiple directions, uh, from the direction of someone that's on the call, there's like a huge productivity gain you can unlock by just having some other tool backing you up. You know, so you don't worry about missing a point. You just can have a conversation. No, ah, there's some really great insight I get from talking to John. I can go grab that clip. I can rewatch it and share it with my boss. And as a manager, you have the ultimate problem, which is, you're expected to be omnipotent about what's happening on all your team's <laughs> meetings, right? Yeah. You're expected to be there. whether it's internal, or especially if it's external, and you don't have time to listen to all this stuff. Uh, nor do you have anyone, I think, has the if you had enough time, no one has the like fortitude to listen to hours and hours of people doing calls. Um, one interesting stats is we find only about 15% of a video call ever gets highlighted. Right, Mm -hmm. And so that makes sense. It's like 85% of these meetings are kind of what you expect, kind of wrote. It's like 15% of them are actually the really interesting parts that someone else needs to see. And so really we're like, oh, let's go build a tool that helps the ICs on the call be more productive, less stressed, and helps the managers find out about that 15% of the call they should be listening to so that they always can present themselves as, as omnipotent as possible.
0: Yeah, well, that's really cool. And like like I said, I've tried some of these before, like the AI note takers um, or whatever. And you have the transcripts like in Zoom, uh, they'll auto-generate transcripts. And what I found is it's fine. Uh, it's marginally helpful, um, but it hasn't necessarily moved the needle. Uh, and so what you're describing seems to be a bit different uh, than some of those other tools. Yeah, I mean,
1: there's three big differences between us and I think a lot of the tools that came before this um, you know, A lot of them just like spit out a transcript. We actually spit out some structured notes or an AI summary. But we don't rely on the text. I find that all of the text, whether it's some AI summary or what's well, the transcript, no one should read the transcript. We use the transcript as a way to get back to the part of the call to watch. I think you really mm. have to watch the primary source. And so we focus more on let's find the highlights and re-watch the three minutes of that meeting that really matters rather than you try to read the transcript because a lot gets lost even in that. The second thing we do that other ones don't do is, we give you instant access to all the stuff after the call. Like Zoom itself even takes like half an hour to get you just the recording, and the transcript after the call. We mm-hmm. give it to you within 10 seconds. And I think that's mm-hmm. super important too, because if you're trying to replace notes, people clean up their notes after the call, right? Or they like do all their actions. They do follow-up emails. They put the stuff in the CRM. And so we thought it was super important to like make sure that thing is super fast from a UX perspective. And then the third big difference is we're completely free for individuals. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of these other tools are charging you a lot of money for a tool that's slow and doesn't really give you the output you want.
0: Yeah, cool. And one of the things we've been focusing on so far in the conversation is the the customer facing piece of this, right? So during the pandemic, uh, you know, everyone had to go remote and lots of teams who perhaps weren't comfortable (laughs) in a remote environment with remote collaborations had to try to figure out better approaches. Um, and I imagine this tool could be utilized in any of those types of remote or hybrid types of team collaboration types of environments, but you also focus directly on the the customer facing teams. So maybe speak a little bit more to that in that distinction, even where you're kind of honing in on that niche.
1: Yeah. That's been our initial kind of focus it has been those external calls with customers. They're the, I think one of those limited resources in org, right? It's like Unlike an internal meeting, if I miss something you said and you're a customer, it's hard for me to get you back on the line, right? Uh, even harder if you're like a prospect, right? So we also see that's also the, I think the lifeblood of an organization is what are customers saying about us, right? And the larger your org gets, the less people are actually at the coal face hearing those conversations, right? And so I think we also find that those kind of customer conversations are something that everyone in the org wants to see, whether they're marketing, whether they're engineering, whether they're product, Um you know, so any of the calls that are happening for your success team, for your sales team, you know, from your implementation team, they want, like, that's the stuff that everyone else in New York wants to get access to. Um, And I think they're also the most high pressure calls too, right? Where it's Mm -hmm. like trying to ask you to do two things at once, you know, the less we can make the, the, you know, the lower we can make the cognitive load on the human doing the conversation, the better, right? And so we'll not, we'll not only record things, we'll do like in meeting coaching, right? What do you know if you monologue or you're talking too much or not enough, mm. and that sort of fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I think the pandemic is interesting because a lot of the ways, if you're a manager, the lot of ways you again remember I mentioned like you you are expected to have this kind of omnipotence. And mm-hmm. historically, the way you had some of this omnipotence is was ambient awareness. You would have yep. a sales for you have a success for you overhear people saying things, and you could overhear one half of the conversation, and that could kind of give you some awareness. Like, oh, that. That's interesting. What what question sparked you to go down that thread, right? Or, oh, I, I don't know that we should explain it this way. Here's probably a better way to explain. It. Like a lot of that was lost. And I think there was a lot of really good, you know, customer-facing managers that kind of found themselves without their best tool, which was that ambient awareness of what's happening. Uh and so now we're trying to help people kind of rebuild that ambient awareness with tools like Fathom, where you can say, okay, certain keywords or certain things I want to be able to audit calls and you know, I hear that not go well, or I want to get an automatic alert when certain keywords or certain things are said, or I want to get notified and listen to all the pricing discussions that are happening. So we almost have to rebuild this from first principles of, okay, you're mm-hmm. not just going to overhear things. What's going to get more structured and programmatic around what types of, what are the parts of the conversation you think are most valuable for you to like review and listen in on?
0: Yeah. Well, and I even think back to, I mean, in another life, this was decades ago, you know, where I'm like sitting in, I'm I'm like a, a training supervisor of at a call center and I'm listening into calls, right? All, you know, that's like what, what I did so much. I'm like listening right. to calls. I'm taking notes for coaching or mentoring sessions or to figure out what trainings need to be accomplished. And like you said, nobody wants to sit and listen to calls where the vast majority of it's just kind of wrote kind of repetitive stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's really that smaller chunk where you get to the heart of the interactions. Right. So yeah. I imagine even in that kind of a setting, like this, could be super helpful because it, it's going to highlight the very the most important pieces that are really going to resonate and are going to be important for you right. to then translate into like coaching conversations and and those sorts of things. Yeah, the ability to just pull out like
1: here's 30 seconds call and share it with a colleague or another executive, you know, et cetera. Um, and now we're even getting to the point where we can automatically surface some of these trends across calls. So like we're at the mm-hmm. point where I don't even need to listen to individual calls. Here's the top three new questions we've heard this week. Go listen to them and brainstorm and answer your team. So, yeah, that's why we focus, I think, mostly on external calls. Having said that, I think the other big impact of kind of the shift to remote work is what I call kind of like meeting inflation on like yeah, internal meetings. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, and it stems from the same like ambient awareness problem. It used to be invite a few people to the meeting. If someone needed to hear some part of that meeting, they'd probably pick it up, you know, you know, at the water cooler or whatnot. Oh, we talked about this. Oh, let me go follow up and figure out what we said. And in a remote culture, that doesn't happen. So now you get people over inviting people to meetings. Oh, like one time we talked about something that Tim should have heard. So now we're inviting Tim to this meeting every single week. And poor Tim never like <laughs> you know three out of four times Tim joins this meeting he doesn't say a thing doesn't need to, doesn't need to hear any of this stuff right. And so that's the kind of the next step we're looking at is we've got a bunch of pilots we're enabling these larger orgs where we say look, you're going to record this meeting. We're going to send a summary to everyone that attends or even the folks that don't attend, right? Anyone who's invited. And so we're going to give people the permission to not join that meeting. Instead, watch the meeting recap, you know, at 1.5 X speed or like, you know, wait for someone to tell them like, hey, Tim, there was a five minute segment you really should hear, right? Oh, great. We can make the decision after the meeting now not have to preemptively before the meeting invite Tim and add an extra mm-hmm. hour of, of non-productive time to his day. Um mm-hmm. so I think both these things stem from you know it's just hard to create ambient awareness in a remote environment. And so we have to kind of rebuild a lot of our collaboration process. Having said that, I think once you do you actually build a org that's almost more resilient and more efficient than the in-person one because the ambient stuff is was easy and it kind of you got it for free by having an office. But I don't think mm-hmm. it was always the most effective way to do these things
0: right well right and that and that's one of the big arguments that that leaders are making as they're doing you know calls for return to the office um yep. or mandates even uh yep. for their remote or hybrid workers is they feel like well we just don't know what's going on you know we, we don't have that ambient knowledge of, of what's happening just through the office inner office culture and water cooler conversations and and all that kind of casual stuff and you know there there are good reasons to be together face to face in an office setting. So yeah. I don't want to downplay that. and and there could be good strategic reasons for it. But if the general thing is, I just don't know what's going on anymore in this remote environment and I need to have better kind of knowledge and better even control over what's happening, I, I think that's not a great reason. I, I think there yeah. there are tools that can help us to do that. and there are ways that we can, um, you know, in a remote or a hybrid environment, help for, you know, help these collaborative opportunities to still occur, even if it's different than what it, you know, when it happened, perhaps organically in, you know, an office setting. So I think tools like this, I think, really can play a huge role as we move forward. Uh, as we as we wrestle with and navigate this, you know, face to face versus remote or hybrid kind of a context for organizations, and as leaders navigate that too. I mean, as, as all of these, back to work mandates back to office mandates are happening in, in various organizations you see you see the strain in the in the tension with workers who have become accustomed to the right. flexibility of working in a high hy- at least a hybrid if not a remote kind of an environment and really you know hesitating and and, and you see lots of people just choosing to leave because they don't want to go back to that that face to face environment, and frankly, we're in a really tight labor market, skills gaps. Um, it's not easy to get and retain good people, and so you know you have to wrestle with well, what are the pros of bringing people back to the physical office space? And there there can be many, um, but what are the the downsides to that? And one of them is you might not be able to keep that good person or attract the next good person, uh, and so you know again using tools like this to allow you to, to engage with and monitor, you know, I say monitor in in a healthy way, like to just that, that, that understanding of what's happening, to be able to have that understanding, you know, using tools like this, I think is going to be really important moving forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think our vision is, you know, a world where it's like, actually you prefer to have the remote meeting. It's actually easier on you and whatnot. And I already live this because Sometimes people ask me, Hey, you want to meet up for coffee? And I'm like, We can, but I'd rather not because if you tell me anything, I'm going to forget 50% of it. Not my action is going to be really bad. But if you meet with me on Zoom, one, obviously, it saves you much time of going to go in the coffee shop. But I also have this recording of it, right? And I, like, I have this whole new muscle memory that makes mm-hmm. me a much more productive person when I can do this kind of interaction versus going to the coffee shop, whipping out my notepad and trying to be like, Wait, what did you say? And like, you know, losing a lot of the nuance that I would get via video.
0: So I, and and that's, you know, as intentional as we might be when you're meeting with a person, you're trying to be present with them. You're trying to listen. You're trying, like, of course, all those things, we try to do it. We still have terrible memories. Yeah, (laughs) And, (laughs) and, and like you said, even if we're really skilled at taking really great notes, it's still just, it's hard when you're having all these interactions to keep everything straight and, and, and to, be able to develop those types of of meaningful kind of interactions and relationships with people uh, without tools to help us, to, to reinforce us. Right. You know, I feel like I'm a fairly intelligent person, but man, I talk with a lot of people and I'm just not going to remember it all. Right. I don't think
1: humans were, I don't think we were built to have, you know, five to seven calls a day with five different people, five days a week. Right. And, you know, you think about some of these jobs where it's like I catch up with someone once a month or once a quarter, gosh, I don't remember. I, I feel bad. Like they all bore together at some point. Um, and there's something really special that happens when I meet with someone on a video call. I've recorded, I've summarized it or review it. And I meet with them six months later. I go back and watch the last yeah. couple of minutes of that call and immediately pops in my brain. I remember exactly where I left off with that person. Right. And so i th- that's what this is all about. Right. Like, which just we have enough stressful things in our lives. So like, how do we find ways
0: to make it slightly less stressful? Well, and I love what you mentioned a few minutes ago, too, just about meeting fatigue and like having so many pointless meetings. I don't know about you, but, you know, I went to lots of pointless meetings before the pandemic. But once the <laughs> pandemic happened and like everyone goes remote, all of a sudden I'm getting invited to every stinking meeting and I'm like in meetings all day long. And that, that's, you know, the pendulum has swung back a bit, but yep. still I'm in way more meetings now than I was before the pandemic. Um, and a lot of them, I'm like, do I really need to be here? And if I'm thinking that, I'm sure everyone else is thinking that too. And so the the reality is these types of tools can also be heavily utilized to make sure that's not happening, because you can get someone caught up very quickly. They don't have to attend the entire meeting, um, but they can get that little nugget, the, the important piece, and then run with it. Uh, how much more effective and efficient is that? How much you know, in terms of just opportunity cost, in terms of time wasting, how much can organizations save from a productivity, in an efficiency kind of uh, perspective? Let alone like just like the soul sucking aspect of like sitting through meetings that demotivates people, and th- then they're not going to be doing great work. I mean, it, it, it seems like just a no brainer if we can f- figure out how to utilize these tools for that kind of an approach as well
1: yeah it can not only be helpful for disseminating information from these meetings so you have less people attend it also help you figure out who doesn't need to be there right we'll track yeah. who yeah. talks and you'd be like look you know over the last three meetings meetings like i said tim's talked only two percent of the time so maybe tim doesn't need to be in this meeting right i i used to have a rule at my last company i think amazon's energy culture around this as well but my rule is like meetings are for discussion not content delivery yeah and you you see a lot of what i think The reaction to that loss of ambient awareness for a lot of organizations was the only hammer we have for awareness is meetings, and so everything looked like a nail, and so just great. We're going to proliferate these meetings. Yeah, no one, there wasn't someone sat down and said, "We need to have a bunch more meetings." It just happened organically because that was the the main lever you had as a manager to disseminate information, and I think now you're starting to see companies look at stuff like this uh like like fathom or also looking at things of like what should these things don't need to be meetings which these things could be i'm going to record a presentation and let you watch it asynchronously or you know i'm going to take the time to amazon style you know amazon has the like every before every meeting big strategic meeting you have to write a six-page memo and everyone's at the beginning of the meeting and reads the memo and then they discuss and so you know maybe there's a you create a culture where it's like oh no we're going to put more onus on the meeting creator to mm-hmm. disseminate stuff asynchronously ahead of time. So I think you're seeing a, a bunch of different strategies. And I think the answer is all of the above, right? There's no one silver bullet. You're, the good companies are deploying all three of these strategies in different places to yeah try to get back some of that productivity that was lost when we got this traumatic meeting inflation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well, Richard, it has been a real pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to need to let you go here in just a few minutes, but before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team there at Fathom, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a LinkedIn guy. So feel free to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, i Richard White on LinkedIn, Fathom. You'll see this bright blue avatar. It looks like a bitmap. Everyone thinks it's an NFT, but <laughs> we had eight bit images before NFTs. So calm down. It's not an NFT. Uh yeah, so just ping me on LinkedIn. Um, I'll try to hopefully get back to you quickly in between all the recruiter spam I get. Um and yeah, I think the last word on this is just that there are a lot of there are a lot of like ways to improve this, right? So I think if you're not if you're not experimenting with some tool, either for internal meetings or external meetings. You should be trying something because I think there's a lot of stuff out there that, that you can start iterating to a more productive workforce. Obviously, we'd love for you to try Fathom. Again, completely free to use for individuals. We only charge you once you want to roll it out to your entire team, but you can easily pilot Fathom with a handful of folks in your team. They'll love it. They'll be more productive. Uh, I almost It's almost my my guarantee. I've very rarely seen people that are on customer meetings that,
0: that don't. So yeah, that's it. Thanks for having me on, John. This has been great. I love it. Thank you, Richard. And I'm excited to try fathom myself. I'm going to go check that out as soon as we're done with this call. Uh, I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Richard and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. They you find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.